Hello and welcome to another episode of the View from the Lab podcast. My name is Andy Woods. In this episode, I catch up with women in STEM advocate Lily Denis. Lily is by far the youngest visitor so far to the podcast, and she has already achieved so much. Due to her own experience of receiving less than inspiring career advice, Lily set out to change this for others, especially young female students. Lily is the driving force behind a new magazine and e-zine aimed at promoting STEM careers to young women from the age of 14 upwards. At the start of 2021, she set up the project while still in her first year at university. I think you'll be inspired and engaged by Lily and her tenacity in getting this important endeavour off the ground. Without further ado, it's time to hear Lily's View from the Lab. I've got Lily Denny here with me today. Hello, Lily. Hi, thank you for having me. That's all right. You're definitely our youngest guest so far. You're uh, 19, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay, and you're um, you're just starting uni, you're in your first year of university, is that right as well? Yeah, I'm in my first year. Good, well it's great to have you on today, it's really nice you could join us. And um, you're here to tell us about a new project you've started uh, called STEMzine. Could you first tell us um, what it is and kind of who it's aim- aimed at? Yeah, so it's um, a collaborative magazine that's going to be online and in print. And it's aimed at young women, so probably the ages of like 14 to 18, to really like get involved and read different perspectives of the STEM world from a woman's point of view. And it sounds like an amazing project and idea to get started with. Um, And you you began it, was it beginning of 2021? So beginning of when this was, we were recording this in April 2021. So it's beginning of this year, is that correct? Yeah, so probably I think about end of January, beginning of February time. And how did the idea come to you? Was it something you've been thinking about a long time? Was it a conversation you had with somebody? Um, what was it that kind of spurred you on to think this is a really good um, project to pursue? Um, so I was in, so I tutor and I had three girls that week all question about being in STEM and they didn't really know much about it. Um, and I just wrote it down and I'm quite a creative person. So I wanted kind of a creative outlet that combines like my passion for science and the fact that I like to like draw and make collages and stuff. So it's kind of that 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 kind of uh, the link link between the two. And obviously, there's there's a big gap between having an idea about something and then implementing that idea and getting it off the ground. So when you after you had the idea, I thought this is a really good idea. What was your first um, step after that? Was it you know thinking about social media? What was it? What was the thing you did next after you thought this is a really good project? I really want to push this a bit further. So the first thing I did, which looking back was probably not the best first step, was to ask people, there's this Facebook page called Gals Who Create, and it's kind of like for young women in university to like show their small businesses and stuff. And I just said, like, I want to do this. And I had like 40 to 50 comments all saying they want to do it. And I was like, oh, like all these people want to do it. I have to do it now. So that was kind of my drive because I had all these people committing. And I had no real plan from there. So I just had to quickly make an Instagram for everyone to get involved on it. It just grew from there. And did you see so quite a lot of people uh, quite keen to, to do it? I mean, how many from like the 40, 50 who kind of said yes, did then you had to kind of whittle them down? Did you have to interview them or did it was it a bit more freeform than that? Um, so there's two sections of STEMed and that's how I've kind of made it work is because um, obviously some stuff not everyone can know. So I needed kind of like what we call our senior team. So there's about... 10 of them and they all did like google forms and i went through like the applications um and then the rest um there's another group chat and they're just everyone can join that like it doesn't matter who you are you can join it as long as you message me i'll just add you into it 
So start. So start as in, in Instagram. Are you in any other anywhere else? Are you other platforms as well as Instagram? Was that your main focus? Um, our main focus is Instagram at the moment, but we actually just hired a few more girls. So we're hoping that we can start getting more social media going because they're all going to be in charge of social media and like running the accounts and stuff. Okay, and and they all similar ages to you in terms of and are they um kind of in in university age or are they a bit beyond that? Is it kind of? Um, I say majority are in university but we definitely have um I actually think I might be the youngest out of all of them which is crazy um a lot of them are end of university doing their masters or doing their like doctorate um so there's definitely a range I think some are already in industry I think we had a teacher as well who's like part of us so obviously she's properly like in her job now so it's a very big range of them and your, I spoke to you off the podcast, and you said there, there's quite a few full range across the UK. It was international, UK, but kind of spread out a lot. Yeah, oh, we're spread out very far across the UK, but we do, we are gaining quite a few Americans. Um, so one is we've got Brooklyn, who's our copywriter. She's from um, Indiana. Um, so it's a lot of like working Zoom times around like time differences. Obviously, everyone's like in university as well. So sometimes it can be quite hard. But like we just kind of have to make sacrifices to like be able to meet up and talk about stuff. So there is there is sometimes kind of time zone issues now and again when you're trying to hold of people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've had one time she um she slept through the uh, meeting because she did didn't convert the time right. Oh, okay. So she yeah. missed out. So you got to be got to be uh, very wary of those uh, when you're when you're dealing international with your international um, partners. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the, the program as well. Now you you said to me as well that it's supported by something called the Kickstarter program. Mm-hmm. Could you tell me about what that is and 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 why they get involved in these types of projects? Could you give me a bit of detail on that? Yeah. So Kickstarter is a platform for you to say like what project you're doing. So I one of our deputy editor made the page and it has levels to it so people who want to support us they can pay for like two pounds and they'll get our sticker that's coming out um and they pre-give the money which then we get as a lump sum um at the end of the time and then we get to spend that on all like the production costs trying to like print the magazine stuff like that packaging um and then we ship it out as if they bought it in the future Okay, and you mentioned there um, this this word sticker. Now, what what does that mean? I'm, I'm assuming you're not meaning a literal sticker. You're, you're, could you explain what that is? No, it is a literal sticker. Oh, it's a literal sticker. Yeah. It is a literal sticker. Um, so we're having a, so we had a sticker competition actually, um, and girls could send in their designs, and then the ones that me and the deputy editor picked would get to be like our first release of stickers because everyone's like, I want a sticker so I can put it on my laptop while I'm at the library someone can see it so I think we have a glitter sticker coming out which has stemmed written really cool it's definitely to go check it out she did it like all the letters are different things from stem but it makes the word stemmed in it and then our sticker sheet is a whole stick nine stickers with like little stickers in between as well okay so there might be even things that I guess your your target audience also a bit younger than you um mm-hmm. possibly something they, they could kind of engage in and yeah. like maybe um even if it's putting on their pencil case or their bag or a mobile phone case, um, it's yeah. a good way to get the, the message out there. Um, so um, when you think about the content, I mean, what 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 um, kind of things you've had in there so far and what things do you plan or you would like to have in the future in terms of articles? Um, so we definitely want to, I know one that we want to explore is like doing books, featuring books written by women. We're struggling to find them. Um, 
we definitely want to get probably a bit more different variety i know our first one we have one our one geology girl she has a spotify playlist called like rock music and it's it's got rock music yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's gonna be one of our pages is her playlist written out um and she's gonna have it that you can scan it and then you can listen to it on your spotify okay which is pretty cool um we have an interview with someone called kat um and she is a space uh she works for nasa and she's an electrical engineer um and me and my deputy editor Izzy talked to her recently and it was amazing like we were talking to her for the full hour and like just hearing her story was amazing that's going to be in the first issue we're just having to go through that hour of interview and like typing it up um we have a story about women in STEM with ADHD and what that means how long they struggled with like diagnosis so that's quite a big topic at the moment um is women's ADHD because it often goes undiagnosed um I think we have one about um women and women struggles in like the medical side of things there's a big variety so we want to make it so that anyone could read it like even if you're a bit older than our demographic there's stuff you'd be interested in it too um but we also have our one big thing is our letters from lockdown series which is letters from everyone on the team a bunch of different people um and what lockdown looked like for us yeah um, so for me, I had friends still in forensics, so I talked to them as well. Um, and their story is going to be in the magazine because obviously forensics is very, very hands-on and they can't be fully hands-on. So it's the challenges of even, I suppose, doing doing those courses and the difficulty, obviously, with the restrictions yeah. this year in 2020, well, 2020 and 2021. Yeah. It's been, been disrupted. So so when is the first, as I say, we're recording in April 2021. So when are you aiming for the issue one to come out? Is it very soon? Yeah, yeah it's getting coming around quicker than you think. It should be out end of May. End of May, okay. Um, Maybe beginning of June, depending, obviously, on delays and stuff, because it's not, once we're done with it, it then moves on to the printers, so it's on them to get it out and stuff. So it's very kind of like once it's off my hands, it's on them, and then I have to send them out. So it should be out end of May. So you're going to have, and it's and it's a printed magazine, like an old fashioned magazine, yeah. uh, as it were. And but there's also the e-zine, so it's more well, so it's easily to access across well with the yeah. UK and, and and the world. Yeah, and then the e-zine will be completely free to access because we don't want to have blocks for people to be able to access the information. It's more that if you want to support us or if you just want to have this like physical copy, you can buy one from us. And if uh, and where so the physical copies, where, where are you sending those to colleges and universities or schools? Where are you going to distribute them to? Um, so we have contacts with a few different like women's societies at different universities. Okay. Um, ones that well, none of us go to, they just reached out to me. So we were going to send a few to them. Um, and then me and my deputy editor are both from Hampshire. Um, so we will be sending them out to a few Hampshire schools as well um, to begin with, because obviously we're quite low budget, so we can't like send too many out to begin with. But we definitely will be distributing the easing to everyone as well, like just saying like this exists. And what's your what's your aim in terms of um, how often you want to get these magazines? I know obviously you'll be busy with with your student life as well. So yeah. is is the aim to get what you know four a year out or two? Well, once yeah. Was- so we want to do one per season, so there should be four a year. Okay. Okay. So that sounds good. So four uh, different different versions every year. Um, so you are you're still young. We're definitely young compared to me. So uh, I would like to quite interesting because this is a science uh, 
science podcast and it's about science education as well um how did you find your school experience of science going back a bit um because obviously you're obviously enthusiastic about stem <laughs> yeah did you have a positive experience was it a bit varied you don't have to name names or anything yeah. but you know what was what was the uh what was the experience like for you um i'd say it was a bit of like mi- mixed match like i definitely had some teachers i looked back and i was like i love them do you know what I mean like they were my favorite teachers and they're definitely probably a big reason why i'm here but I have had a negative like negative experiences too of just like teachers not being verbally saying they don't believe in me and stuff um and I say that's one of the big one of my big driving forces um um is just kind of proving them wrong um because sometimes like te- like tests and stuff aren't for everyone and I think that's one of the things with schools is it's very heavily on tests and a lot of people stuff like I used to suffer quite bad from like exam anxiety um so my grades wouldn't reflect like what I knew because I couldn't handle being in an exam hall and like sitting there and the anticipation and then like everyone after talking about how they found it would be a big source of like anxiety but like now university I found that it's going better as I get older I can know how to cope with it but like a GCSE was like not the best and A levels especially A levels were a lot worse because there was so much pressure because it was only three subjects. It wasn't like GCSE where you had so many subjects if you like didn't do as well in one you still had like twelve. Whereas A level you get on and you have three and you're like I need to pass these. So you you sound like you had quite um you sound like you're very strong on the creative side as well in terms of uh, your G- I guess you did uh, some creative subjects, GCSE as well. I mean, was it difficult to choose your A-levels? What did you go for eventually? Did you kind of do a split of your A-levels or did you just go wholly for science and maths and, and those kind of subjects? So I, first year I started off and I had maths, chemistry, biology, did my first year and then they said we're not, we won't let you on to the second year for maths because I didn't pass um, the mid-year exam. Um, so then I because then they were like what do you want to do at university and at that time I want to do forensics so they were like okay you have to do fast track law um, so you can get in so I did two years of law in one year which I managed to do it um, in like I think I finished in February and like it was supposed to go on to like the end of exams and I just finished so I didn't have to go to that class anymore so I just had to go to my two and I even I think I got I was in like the colleges, one of the fastest person they've ever had finished that course. And like, I fully, I got a distinction star on it, Um, but I just did it. I was like, it's over with. And then I just had chemistry and biology as well. To focus on them. And that was kind of helps you with those areas. So um, what was your, like say, obviously you're passionate about STEM. Uh, What what was your kind of experience of uh, kind of career advice, I guess, because for certain extent, I guess, part of this is maybe you didn't have a good experience and you want to make that better with was that is that true to say or yeah so I initially was like I, I like I wanted to go straight into med school um and do that and because I'm one of the younger kids um so I'm on the very end I don't I'm my birthday's in August so I'm one of the younger ones I never like so when we did work experience in year 11 in year 10 I wasn't allowed to do NHS because I was too young so I always struggled with getting work experience because I was always in the younger sets. They wouldn't let me do it because I was too young to do it like on their insurance. Um, so that was a big thing. And then I didn't get the math. So then it's like you can't do medicine. <coughs> um, but then I was just quite lost because I just didn't know what to do. Like if I didn't couldn't do medicine, like what was I going to do? Because that was never really spoken about. Like 
ever and there was never like the option of like you can do medicine postgraduate it was just you have to undergraduate otherwise you're not going into medicine just need to think about something else and like I was like but I want to do it so like I don't I didn't really listen do you know what I mean I was like but if I want to do it I'm gonna find a way to do it um so then I even thought about going to America um and doing it there um but then COVID happened and I was like, I don't, if this happened again, which hopefully it doesn't, I don't want to be stuck and not be able to come home. Um, so it was then I've decided like, I'm going to do a degree in England and then try and get into postgraduate medicine in England. But that was never spoken of like, cause we had a medicine um, advisor at college and he never talked about postgraduate medicine. It was just medicine at a Russell group. And that was the only option. Okay, so yeah, not looking, not looking at those other kind of alternative pathways. Because um, you're studying, what are you studying? Are you studying, what are you studying now? Is it forensics, do you say? Or are you? I did forensics for a year and I was like, this is not what I want to do. Um, and I had this one teacher on my course that like, re- I didn't, I just like really liked her because she did my anatomy part of my course. And I was like, oh wow. Like, so I messaged, she'd mentioned she was on the medical science course mainly and she just did this module. Um, and I tried to go through my university and then they'd like, oh, we don't have enough spaces. So I had to move. And now I'm doing first year medical science at a different university. OK, so and, and it's going well this year. I know it's been disrupted yeah. this year, but how's it is going OK? Yeah, bar, bar online practicals, it's good. I really like it. So it'd be, it'd be nice, hopefully, when things <laughs> get back to normal, uh, you'll be able to do a bit of proper hands on stuff. Um, yeah hopefully in the academic year 2021 2022 hopefully um so uh obviously as part of your kind of science science journey you've done a little bit of tutoring as well so um how have you found because i know you're not you know a million miles away from your school experience how do you find tutoring and what have you kind of learned about science looking at it from the other through the other lens as it were looking at the students what have you learned from that? um i i think the one thing i've definitely noticed is the the covid issue on kids okay and I think as well, it kind of like reminds you like of it's a good way to remind me of how far I've come because like when the, I'm looking at GCSE content, I'm like I know way more than this, and you don't really ever notice it until like something like that you look back on it because I'm like oh I don't really know everything yet, but you actually know a lot more, and it's like a lot of the time holding yourself back, but then it's also handy because if they have questions, I can be like oh like go further on it because I know a lot about it. Um, but I think the one thing I definitely have noticed is like the effect of COVID on kids. And I think it's a bigger issue than what everyone realises. And what, is, what are their main, um, what are they, what, what do you think are the main anxieties from this time? Um, I think it's one is like the turbulence of like how they're going to get their grades for year 11. I think it's just a lot of not knowing. Okay. And like I, my sister who went through year 11 last year and it was the same thing. It was like, I don't know. Jim, you don't know what your grade's going to be. And I think it's big anxiety for them. Like a lot of them have, I mean, yesterday, I think one left because she got like, she was just so stressed about it. She just left the tutoring because she just couldn't, she didn't, she had an exam today and she just didn't know half the content. So she was just worried about it and she just left. And I think it's like, there's big gaps because not everyone can learn over Zoom. And so they missed all of our, like a lot of a year over Zoom. And because you said they couldn't learn, is that technical technical issues or just the fact that it wasn't the, the right medium for them and they didn't really engage with um, this kind of digital side of things? I think the issue is, is like, because what I remember from school is teachers struggled 
especially the older generation of teachers struggled with technology um, and then they were forced to use technology and so then when they were doing it over zoom it was just with a powerpoint or and lecturing them and like even our like I'm in university I cannot sit there I struggle in my two-hour lectures of like them just talking at me because it doesn't go in after like 40 minutes I'm like done I'm exhausted um, and I think it's just not acknowledging the fact that you can't just teach like that but they've never had to teach like like they've never had to teach like that before so I understand why it happened yeah and I think a lot of tools tools kind of interactive tools have been developed as a response mm-hmm. or a response yeah to that, or become more available or like spoken about because I, I think like I was saying to like my 11s I'm like watch the YouTube videos there's thousands of them I was like and you can just sit there and watch them like instead of watching like your favorite YouTuber watch like a GCSE one for six minutes and you've done six minutes of revision without doing anything and they're like there's videos I'm like yes there's loads so there's kind of a, there's a good kind of um well I guess you've got to find find who you like in terms of YouTube but there is there is plenty out there isn't there and yeah oh yeah engaging um teachers or even young young students who may be putting out some good content because they're really good at engaging with the audience and it's uh, yeah. so much um variety out there as well it's really good now um I was going to ask you about the uh, stem in particular and stem with girls I mean what what have you found to be the biggest I guess misconceptions about stem or what is it that they're putting up being put off by in stem um I think the one thing is the lack of degree like degree knowledge of like further than just like the traditional medicine biology chemistry physics like what you get taught in school um out of maths but there's so much more like I have a friend in engineering and like I've struggled to keep in like in track of like what part of engineering she's in because there's so many and you don't realize it like it's not just engineering there's like electrical aeronautical civil like there's loads and then you're just like oh you're in what one um I think that's one big thing I also think there's a lack of role models for girls to look up to um because I think definitely looking back you know the the ratio of like male to female teachers was like ridiculous like especially in like the math section and at college they overpowered the number of women um because I think like in chemistry in college I don't think there was even a female teacher it was all men and so there's no one to look up to and be like oh I could be that person because they're all male and almost different as you go backwards in a sense as as you Mm -hmm. tend to get I I guess more uh, female teachers as you go back into secondary school, perhaps, but it's, yeah. as you go up, it seems you, you feel like it was kind of narrowed or it seemed to be narrowed with some of those technical subjects. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even in university, like majority of my lecturers are all males. Okay. I think I only have one, my anatomy teacher is my only female teacher. So it'd be nice to see some of those people yeah. as, as role models within, within, the, within that teaching university yeah. experience as well. Um, now what, in terms of um, your the STEM zine itself, do you have any kind of long term visions for it? I know you've just started it; you're just yeah. through the journey, and you know it's difficult to predict what might happen in in the future, as we've seen yeah. over the past couple of years. But um, <laughs> is there any kind of big vision for you in terms of is it something you want to be be involved with five years down the line, ten years down the line, or is it something that you just want to kind of kickstart and then maybe someone takes on the uh, takes the reins in a couple of years' time? Uh, people coming up behind you what are your thoughts on that um I think I de- it's definitely something I want to do in the long term and I think one cool thing we c- would be like is starting to like a convention almost in the future obviously that would be a lot of funding that's very far down the line but I think that would be quite a cool idea because it would allow a platform for women in STEM to speak and like it would be a very like supportive 
like area and I just think it's quite important to get these voices out there um when sometimes they're kind of hidden away and obviously as I said it's is quite a new um venture if there's young people listening who uh would like to also get involved is the, is the first place best best to go back to that instagram account um stem zine is that the best place to get in contact yeah, with you yeah 100 percent. to get a guaranteed straight away reply for me is to do the instagram because it's a lot easier to keep track of than like my email or anything because you know like the random emails from like companies it just gets lost so the, dming me on instagram is the best place because i go through them every day so it's good okay so good place and if is there um um i was thinking is there any kind of new careers you've heard of in, in your kind of um, your research for the magazine that you, you you definitely didn't hear of? I know you talk about engineering. Was there anything else that you know of in the STEM world that is coming up again, kind of not futuristic careers, but can you, where's the growth, do you think, in STEM at the moment? Is it computer science? Is it software? Is it is it engineering? Is there any particular area you think girls should be aware of yeah. and really find out a bit more about? I think the one cool one that, I found that one of the girls is in is um, she's in games development. Okay. And like when I talk to her, it's really sad because she's the only girl on her course. Right. Um, so she's re- she says she really struggles with friends because she is the only girl on her course. And obviously when you're at like, because I think she's at college still, but she does the course and she, like, she's like, I have no one because everyone's with the people on their course and there's no one to talk to. And I think that's definitely something that isn't really spoken about. And obviously video games are a big thing with like young people. Um, and I think... We definitely want to start going more into that as well because I just think it's good because I think, like, I don't know a lot about gaming, but I do know, like, I have played, like, or in when I was younger, like, on Minecraft and stuff. And I remember I'd be, like, the only girl on the server and it would be quite intimidating because, you like, boys can kind of, like, gang up on you and it was just a lot. So I've got to hand it to her, like, I, like that's really good that she's just following what she wants to do. It sounds like a really good kind of area as, and, and a big growth growth area. I know that um, in the UK in particular as well, we're actually quite um, high end in terms of the amount of games we produce. There's, there's lots of uh, opportunities there, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Um, is there anything you'd like to pass on to the listeners or, or recommend recommendations or, or anything you'd just like to point people towards uh, before we wrap up today um, that you think girls should, be, should know about? Other than STEM zine, is there any other bits and pieces that you would recommend that they go to? I'd say definitely to the TikToker we're interviewing called Cat underscore E-C-H-Z is a really good woman to follow. Um, She posts every single day like an inspirational like TikTok reel. So you can check out a TikTok or Instagram. And like, I love watching her because she like her story. That's definitely something to watch out. Her story is just like amazing um, when she talks about it. Um, Definitely something. I also think look into like Rosalind Franklin I find her quite inspirational because she was actually um, DNA structure. She was actually a big force behind it. But what's in a crick will use you the face of it. That's something to look into. I find her quite like, it's quite a sad story. The fact that she isn't spoken of as much as what's in a crick. And didn't perhaps get the credit maybe she deserved at the time. And yeah, I know. Um, And and guess one of the real pioneers of... uh, women in STEM, isn't she? Um, it's been really great to talk to you today. I'm really fascinated. I want to, want to see how this uh, STEM zine turns out. And we're definitely going to be uh, following you here at Pearson. And um, uh, it'd be nice to see maybe when do things do go back to normal and you'll be able to organise a conference and uh, things will go from strength to strength. So I really appreciate you taking the time to speaking to us here on View, View From The Lab. And uh, best of luck with it all as it goes forward. Thanks, Lily. Thank you so much.
here we are at the end of another View From The Lab podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lily. I wish her all the best in her STEM project and I urge you to check out her Instagram page and the link she mentioned in the podcast. Do you know anyone who's doing their best to improve science education in any guise in the UK? If you do, please get in contact. My email address is andy.woods at pearson.com and we can get the conversation started. That's all for now. I'll see you on the next one.